This week's episode of the Lone Star Outdoors Show proudly brought to you by Kent Cartridge and Fast Steel 2.0. Back when uh, I first got into serious waterfowling in college, Kent Cartridge made the most affordable premium load on the market. They are still doing the exact same thing with Fast Steel 2.0. It's the evolution of the OG of premium waterfowl loads and Fast Steel. Uh, but if you want a hard-hitting waterfowl load that doesn't leave you chasing cripples but doesn't hurt the pocketbook at the same time, check out Kent's Fast Steel 2.0, available in all of your favorite shot sizes. It's widely available at Cabela's, Bass Pro, Shields, you name it. And uh, you can find their entire dealer list at kentcartridge.com. Well, I've seen the world with a five-piece band Looking at the backside of me Singing my songs and one of his now and then But I don't think Hank done them this way Good morning, good morning, good morning. Little Waylon Jennings kicking things off for us on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. As always, Cable Smith here with you. This is episode 593. Thank you so much for being here today. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor, and I truly mean that, uh, to be here talking, hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. We've got a good one lined up for you. But man, is this not the best time of the year? I tell you what, September 1st, I mean, dove hunting in general, dove are not my favorite thing to hunt. I love it. It's certainly a pleasure to take the whole family out there. I took the kids out of school on Wednesday, like I said I was going to do, much to uh, their mom's dismay. But um, it's kind of our tradition. We're not changing it. So, but like I said, not my absolute favorite thing to hunt, but it's my favorite day of the year. I'll tell you that. Because it means all good things are quickly approaching. Bow season will be here before we know it. Oh, I totally skipped early uh, teal and early resident goose. Then archery, whitetail. Then November, it's on to ducks and bucks. And Oh, I forgot. I also love September 1st because that means usually within the next few days, um, I leave to go elk hunting, which is true this year. Leaving on the 7th to... Uh, Head out to New Mexico with a good buddy and take on the Carson National Forest. See if we can arrow a couple big bulls. Hey, a couple small bulls. We're not too picky. Elk's delicious. And anything taken on public land with a bow is a trophy in my eyes. Um, so what are we doing today? Let me tell you. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old Stanley Thermos because we are ready to rock and roll. And we'll spend the duration of today's broadcast with our friend Jared Larson of OnX Hunt. You might, I'm sure you've heard of OnX. Maybe you use them, maybe you don't. But uh, Jared just got back from doll sheep hunting in Alaska. We'll talk about that. And then get into why OnX's patented technology is just such a really invaluable tool. For any hunter, whether you're setting up a new whitetail property or you're taking on the backcountry, it has an application for each situation. And with all of the new layers that you can add onto the Onyx map, jeez, uh, it's. Uh, I, I wish that we had this 15 years ago. I truly do. 
I remember those first backcountry hunts that I went on and just pouring over a giant USG map that I had to order from their office. We did have the internet back then. Uh, so, but you had to order the hard copy from their office and then literally make notations on the hard copy. And then you had to go get it laminated. What if it rains while you're out there? So it's nothing new. People have been marking maps and, and navigating with maps for centuries upon centuries. But it's kind of like, the you know, my kids will never grow up without a cell phone. They don't have one now. They're still too young. But that type of technology. Hey, Alexa, play Turnpike Troubadours. You know? I had to sit there in my room with a small radio and a mixtape. And only then, if you're lucky enough to hear your favorite song come on the radio, you could push record <laughs> and have it on your mixtape. I mean, looking back on it, we didn't know any better. We thought that was great. And it was. That was modern technology at the time. But I think it's better now. I'm not saying that growing up now is better, but there are perks technology-wise. And Onyx is certainly one that stands out for me as a, a major plus. So looking forward to visiting with Jared. Let's, uh, let's do a quick giveaway. How about a year subscription to the state of your choice, whatever state you want. Hey, maybe I'll get Jared to uh, offer up just a year subscription to all 50 states. But I know he won't have a problem with one state. I'll try to sweeten the deal for you. But just email the words, well, just say on X, just on X to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. And you are entered into today's On X giveaway. Let's take that break. When we come back, Jared Larson joins us right here on SCI's One Star Outdoor Show. Once a broken heart, once I tore your heart apart, once my heart put out before I ever got to breathe. Hey guys, Cable here. And if there's one service, one company that I rely on heavily when planning my next backcountry hunt, it's Onyx Hunt. They have, for a long time, set the gold standard when it comes to giving me the information I need to basically predict where I'm going to find animals. And if you can hone in on where the animals are going to be, you're going to be more successful. Onyx uses their own topo maps, plus, I mean, geographical features like watering holes or a meadow system that works its way down a mountainside where you know those elk are going to be feeding and muleys in the morning and evenings. Yeah, it'll show you that as well. Uh, plus, of course, private property boundaries. Where does the National Forest end? Where does Rancher Joe's property start? Yeah, it's going to show you that as well. So whether you're planning a backcountry hunt or just picking ambush points to hang your tree stands on your whitetail property, Onyx shows it all to you. They've got different layers you can apply to a uh, specific grid or a piece of property. It's really rad. And here's the cool thing. You'll save 20% when you order your Onyx subscription by using my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at onxmaps.com. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at bobcatadvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatofDallas.com today. Fall asleep, cause it's a and don't tell me you're 
Sheep, the name of that one from Mount Joy. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back into episode 593 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks to Mossberg Firearms as we are all set to talk all things backcountry hunting, uh, setting up your whitetail property, and gosh, who knows what else with Onyx's Jared Larson. But first, this segment brought to you by NUMA, geared for the outdoors. I told you guys I put their apparel through the ringer, crawling around on my hands and knees for a week while bow hunting in South Africa. I'll be doing it again next week in New Mexico. And based off of the performance I saw on the Dark Continent, I know this stuff is going to stand up to the rigors of the backcountry. Um, check out the Selkirk jacket. My favorite thing about this jacket, and it's like a, a mid-weight hunting jacket, water-resistant, but... Bow hunting can be physically exerting, which means you're going to sweat. This thing is vent. It's got vents everywhere, which I absolutely love. So you can get that airflow going in there. Keeps you cool. It's the Selkirk from NUMA. You can find it at numaoutdoors.com. And you'll get 20% off your entire NUMA order when you use my promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout. And that's uh, NUMA, P-N-U-M-A. You're going to hear a lot more about it. With that being said, let's bring him on right now, Onyx Hunts, Jared Larson. Thank you so much for being here, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, Cable. I'm uh, excited to be here and excited to uh, share some knowledge on Onyx and, and hopefully riff on some stories and excited for fall to get here. It's almost here. Yeah, well, it's here in Texas, man. It's uh, September 1st, kicks it all off. Dove season opener, took the kids out of school. We had a, just a hell of a good time. Heck yeah, that's awesome. I, I never realized until maybe like two years ago how big of a deal Dove Opener was like across the South. Like yeah. it, it's almost like a holiday, it seems. September 1st. I don't know why schools are open. They shouldn't be, but oh well, lots of so, pink slips that day. So what's your what's your go-to? Do you have a Dove tradition or just new spots every September 1st? Or what's uh, I typically I have a some some buddies that I typically hunt with every year. They're an outfitter. But okay. we, we go back a long time before I was doing this and before they were outfitters. We used to just hunt ducks on public land together. And so um, what I typically just go with them on opening day and take the kiddos out there. And they have a big barbecue afterwards. Everyone drinks some beers. You know, the game wardens come and check everybody, that's, uh, which that's- my, my kids think is cool. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad they think it's cool and not nerve wracking, uh, yeah. which, which means their dad is doing something right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to experience that sometimes because, yeah, everything I see about it is just like a bunch of buddies hanging out, you know, shotgun in one hand, you know, grilling on the other hand. Like, yeah. it, it looks like a good time. Yeah, it certainly is. And it's such a um, social pastime. Exactly. Like, you don't have to, you don't really even have to wear camo if you don't want to. You just yeah. sit on a stool put out a dove mojo and just wait for them to fly by. Heck yeah. Do you guys yeah. usually do pretty good? Yeah. I mean, uh, Texas has, we have, I interviewed our, our dove program leader with Texas parks and wildlife last week. We have something like, um, 10 million morning dove, I think, and 8 million white wing. I might be off on the morning dove, but we kill 
almost five million a year. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And most of those are opening day and open the first two weekends of the season. Well, yeah, like you see dub stuff coming out of the south, like that first weekend in September, and then you never see it again no. for the rest Everyone of the switches over to you know bigger and better hunting thing. primarily here, but yeah. yeah. Well, that's sweet. It's always nice to be able to kick off a season uh, with some type of hunting on uh, on the first of September. Because mm-hmm. I mean, in my mind, that's that's like the hard deadline for fall is here. Yeah. Whether so, Mother Nature is throwing us eighty degrees or fifty, I don't care. Yeah. So, uh, so where are you right now? So I'm in Missoula, Montana. Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up in Wisconsin, um, chasing chasing whitetails and and waterfowl was really my thing growing up. Uh, once I got into high school, my old man and his brothers would do annual elk trips somewhere out West. So I started tagging along on those and getting uh, whooped by the mountains. Um, and then the best. Uh, I, yo, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, I love that type too fun. Uh, yeah. and then, uh, for school, I actually went to Iowa state purely to get resident deer tags. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my aunt's grandparents homesteaded a pretty awesome 400 acre farm there. Um, so did that and, and just got a marketing degree. Cause I didn't know what I really wanted to do. I just wanted sure. to hunt deer. Um, so, yeah. So you're in the same boat as me as UT and Oklahoma are screwing over the big 12. Dude, I'm, a, I'm a Baylor mess. guy. So, Oh, you're a bear, huh? Okay. Yeah. 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 Texas and Oklahoma are really, uh, really shaft in the big 12. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. It's all about that dollar. So it is, it is, it'll all work itself out. We'll see where we end up. I'm hoping like maybe the big 10, uh, I don't mind the the Pac-12, but then you got to like stay up till one in the morning to watch a, a regular game. Yeah, on the 100%. West Coast. And I mean, from an Iowa State perspective, yeah, I'd like to just see us roll right into the Big Ten. But yeah. I don't, we'll see what even happens with the Big Twelve in a couple of years, if it's mm-hmm. even a thing. Yeah. Um, well, cool. So you just got back from Alaska. What were you doing there? I've never been. It's like probably number one on oh. the bucket list. Wow, for all the places you've been, I would have thought Alaska was a shoe in. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I've been super blessed. Uh, my sister and her husband are Alaska residents. Um, so we've been scheming and planning a doll sheep hunt for two years now um, and, and went up and made it happen. We were up there. Uh, we got dropped off on the 7th and we pulled out of the bush on the 16th. Mm-hmm. Uh, season opened on the 10th. And we just, I mean, because they're residents, I'm able to just buy uh, an over-the-counter sheep tag in, in an OTC unit. Um, and they just have to be within a hundred yards of me, uh, when I pull the trigger. Um, and so I was, I was trigger man. I mean, they had tags, but they were along for the ride, which I was super grateful that they were willing to take the time and do that. But we just picked a spot on the map. You know, we scoured over on X for, I don't know how many, so long and, you yeah. know, finding sheep information, as you can imagine is pretty much impossible to get sheep info out of anybody without right. you know, a little bit of this for that. Um, so we just, yeah, we just picked a spot on the map. Um, and we got dumped off in, uh, we actually had a train of three super cubs, which was pretty cool in and of itself. Uh, like one full of gear. Uh, my brother-in-law like went right over the river and then our pilot took my sister and I kind of just like way up high over our drainage just to see if we could spot any white dots. Uh Um, and we spotted a bunch of sheep. We got in there and it was an awesome hunt. I mean, on opening day, we were sitting on a ram for six hours. Um, that, I mean, visibility for the six hours we sat on that ram, we maybe got five minutes to like look at and evaluate him just because, Uh I mean, sometimes it was like a 10 second gap in the fog. Sometimes it was a one minute gap in the fog. 
Um, we all felt he was a legal Ram, but just with the lack of time that we had to evaluate him, never could positively identify him being full curl or passing the other tests. So, yeah. that, I mean, it, that was a really tough, tough pass. Um, yeah. You know, we put this Ram to bed the night before from about a mile and a half thinking he was legal, made the stock in the dark over there, got right on him, and Mother Nature and the end of the day ended up winning um got right back in there it was a band of seven rams that were in there got on them again the next day and uh got right up in them ended up getting on one ram that was 250 yards away and was seven years old was able to like count the annuli you know through the spotter there they have to be eight to be legal oh, um and never could turn up his other five buddies like just in the cliffs and crags just no idea what happened to him. I mean, those things, you know, they call them the white ghosts with golden horns. Uh, mm -hmm. and we experienced some of that, um, but came really close. I mean, we were on legal Rams, saw a bunch of sheep, my brother-in-law, we had, we were pack rafting about 88 miles out. So one question about that. So, you know, when you go to say Montana yeah. um, or Colorado and you have to take these, say you're hunting a mountain lion in Colorado, you have to take these ID tests yep. and same thing with the bear. Yep. You know, I imagine this is like infinitely more stressful and detailed than, than those little quizzes that an eight year old could pass. I wish so hard that Alaska like gave you some course, right? Because they have like this 47 page guidebook on identifying a legal Ram. Oh. And, uh, you know, I can't, I mean, I had that guidebook downloaded on my phone. I looked at it at night in the tents. We had like the PDF printed off for the drive over there. Like we, we were legitimately scared about it going in. Cause like that, you know, my sister works for ADF and G, you know, I work for Onyx. We were not about to, you know, make an oops and bring in a right. sub legal Ram. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, it was so, so hard. And even counting the annuli on that one, like they have false annuli and stuff. I'm confident he was seven, but he was like a three quarter curl Ram. Like he was nowhere close to being yeah. a, a, a legal Ram by, you know, curl standards. Um, and I tried so hard to uh, come up with an eighth annuli there. And, and a lot <laughs> of times like they say that there's an annuli often hidden under the hairline. So, you know, like there's that temptation of like, oh, maybe, maybe there's a yeah. hairline, but no, obviously we just watched him walk and, uh, and then we never really got a good opportunity, you know, within gun range of another Ram after that. But, um, <clears throat> but I mean, it, just, my goal was to see sheep. And I mean, we saw probably close to 25 Rams, I would guess in the, in the days we were out there, which I was just tickled about right i mean we were on sheep the whole time so really couldn't have asked for any more the pack raft out 88 miles is a really long pack raft it turns <laughs> out um and just eats up so much time like yeah. and it saved us a ton of money just you know on flights just because if you go both ways it gets infinitely more complicated for any mm. transporter um so the three of us only paid a thousand bucks to get dropped and float out whereas if we got dropped and picked up it would have been a total of nine grand for the three of us oh wow um, yeah. so the two, two and a half days that were eaten up with the pack raft, you know, were kind of worth it monetarily. And my brother, brother-in-law and sister both could shoot, uh, grizzly bears in that unit. And we spotted a bear during the pack raft, like on the banks and made this play to, to get to 350 yards from him. And, uh, he was like in the edge of this alder brushy stuff. And we were waiting, you know, we were not going to mess with anything other than a perfect shot. And we probably sat on that bear for, I don't know, 40 minutes, just like 
seeing bits and pieces. And finally, like he came out just like offering death to us, like right to the riverbank, stood there perfectly broadside. And uh, my brother-in-law just just missed uh, oh. no no rhyme or reason. He did. I mean, it took all of the time in the world. He felt good about it. Um, Bear like didn't react at all and just kind of like turned and slumbered into the into the alders. But, you know, sometimes crazy stuff happens. So we went over there and checked for blood, obviously, which, as you can imagine, was a pretty intense scenario, oh, yeah. um, you know, uh, but found his tracks. You know, they're about seven inch seven inches wide. And the claim is, you know, uh, add an inch and that's how big the bear was. So seven and a half, eight foot bear was, was the presumed size. Um, but it was really good to be able to like find his tracks on the beach and just verify that, you know, clean miss. Um, We've all missed that happens. If, if you haven't missed, you haven't been hunting long enough. And yeah. like, he was super bummed about it because like, you know, he's like 29 or something grew up in Alaska and as they, they just bought a house and they, he's always wanted a bear rug. And so like the whole trip, he was like, all right, we need to find a, a rug for our wall. <laughs> and then he got the opportunity and uh, obviously it, it slipped away. Um, but you know, all the excitement, none of the work, I guess, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. But well, yeah, it was um, man, I've been saying I've got to get to Alaska for some time now and hearing about adventures like this being in sheep, being in grizzlies, you know, yeah, I'm going to do it sooner rather than later. I know Onyx was a big part of the preparation leading up to that hunt and then actively using it while hunting as well. So let's table this discussion for now and then get into those components after the break. That segment brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. Whether you're hunting whitetails in Texas or doll sheep in Alaska or anything in between, Africa, you name it, SCI puts its money where its mouth is. They are passionate about protecting your rights as a hunter, about educating the non-hunting public, and of course, conservation. For more info, check us out at safariclub.org. We'll be right back with more from Onyx's Jared Larson after the break. Hey, hey, everybody. Cable here for Go Wild. You know, I've been discussing gear and hunting tips with other great folks on Go Wild, a free social media community for hunters. Go Wild is also a fun place to just visit, get to know other people, maybe even make a, you know, a hunting buddy or two out of the deal. So join me and hundreds of thousands of other hunters on Go Wild. Download today. It's free, by the way. Just go to download Go Wild. It's a place where uh, you're not going to get censored, right? Hate that stuff. But uh, no Zuckerbergs on Go Wild. So head over to DownloadGoWild.com. Look me up once you're there. Cable here. And if you're listening to this show, you probably like ARs. And I'm not talking about antler restrictions. I'm talking about, you know, ARs, modern sporting rifles. And Timber Creek Outdoors has the best way I've found to take your AR to the next level. It's the Enforcer Kit. It features high-end performance parts and jaw-dropping looks. It's perfect for sportsmen, competitors, firearms, enthusiasts, and people who trust their lives to their equipment, like you and I. When combined together, these parts improve usability, as well as ergonomics, big word there, and dependability of any small-framed modern sporting rifle. Timber Creek products are manufactured by Americans in the USA. God bless America. And they implement uncompromising quality control and offer a lifetime warranty 
They've got a bunch of different color options, something for everybody. I've got a Hunter Green Enforcer Kit on my 224 Valkyrie. Absolutely love it. You will, too. Check out the Enforcer Kit at TimberCreekOutdoorsInc.com. Hey, y'all. Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a -a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Smith, welcoming everybody back to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Adam Hood, 22 days too long. Oldie but a goodie there. Thank you so much for being here as we are visiting with Onyx Hunt's Jared Larson, and we'll get back into that conversation momentarily. But first, this segment brought to you by the new Vortex Razor HD LHT 4.5 to 22 by 50 first focal plane rifle scope this thing is bad to the bone built for long range and the long haul you'll find an incredibly high performing optic with vortex's rugged durability and don't forget about the vip lifetime transferable warranty you break it they fix it no questions asked nobody does that except vortex you can find the razor HD LHT right there at vortexoptics.com. All right. Well, let's pick it back up with Jared Larson from Onyx. He was nice enough to stick around through the break. I've used Onyx for a long time. I'm going to show you how long here is uh I've still got some of these these chips. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know. I mean, like this one, this is the New Mexico one. I, I told you off there how many times I've been hunting uh elk in New Mexico and I've used that New Mexico chip, I don't know. I probably got it eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, Technology's changed a lot, and we'll get into that. But take us to the beginning of Onyx. Um, and if it was initially founded for the purpose of, of hunters use a lot, utilizing it, or if, it was a, if that's a byproduct of some other technological development. 100%. So our founder, uh, Eric Siegfried, he was actually a, a hunting guide in eastern Montana. And... Um, he was a, an engineer by, you know, by, by schooling, if you will, but decided he didn't want to be an engineer. He wanted to be a hunting guide. So Uh he was, he was out there in Eastern Montana and he was struggling with the same thing that everybody that's hunted the West struggles with. You know, if you don't have on X, you're like, what on earth is public and what is private? Because there are not signs at every corner, you know, at the section line there, there's nothing to denote, uh, you know, whether one side of the fence is public or private. And so Mm -hmm. he just, started scrapping together any pieces of uh, like GIS data that he could scrape from, from state agency websites and just started piecemealing together this land ownership map originally just for you know, his personal guide use in Montana. Uh-huh. Um, 
and he, and he got something that he was able to put on a micro SD card and slide into his GPS that was functional for him. And at, at that point, he just like realized, holy smokes, there's a business that could be made out of this. And, uh, and it pretty much just took off from there. Started with, I believe it was Idaho, Washington and Montana were just the three states that they worked within, um, you know, for the first couple of years. Um, but then, you know, as demand rose and people were like, holy smokes, this is an absolute game changer. You know, they, they spread their wings a little bit. And then uh, I'm, I'm stoked that they had the forethought back in, I think it was like 2013. They were like, we really need to make this into an app, um, you know, because 2013 uh, smartphones were definitely becoming the, uh, the buy and buy popular choice for anybody mm-hmm. with a phone at that point. And and yeah, so by 2015, we had an app launched and really haven't looked back since, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is today because of, you know, the, the grassroots that it started as in Eastern Montana, trying to figure it out what's public and private. So it was really cool to have a founder that just was extremely passionate about hunting. Um, you know, that's what this product was created for. And it was just super cool to work under him in the fact that, you know, he was never overly concerned about dollars and cents at the end of the day. Like he was all for just getting people out and letting them have the best hunt that they can possibly have. Um, and I really believe that Onyx truly aids in helping you have just a way better experience, less frustration. You know, a lot more going in, it provides some safety outlets. So other folks know where you are. Um, and at the end of the day, I I would argue it makes me a significantly more successful hunter. And I would say, it makes me, yeah, it makes me more efficient. And, and coming from Texas, you know, we're 99% privately owned, 98%. So we all have deer leases, you know, mine's uh, 800 acres. And so what I would use it for in that situation is to, because you can see, you know, geography, topography. I mean, you can see if there's a creek, which like on my place there is that runs through the property, you can see all that stuff. So it helps me come up with, oh, there's a pinch point. I need to put a tree stand there. Um, on bigger places, some ranches here that I've turkey hunted on are 10,000 acres. Well, okay. Now you've, here's the boundary, you know? Um, so it's certainly applicable to the Texas hunter. Uh, I want to emphasize that. I think people are like, Oh, Onyx is just a Western thing. Yes, of course we use it for that. That's what it was invented for, but it's a great, the great uh, reality of it is it's really for anybody that's hunting anywhere, anytime. hundred percent. And you know, I never realized how useful it was, uh, for, for hunting whitetails, you know, back in Wisconsin and Iowa, when I was there, you know, back in 2015, 2016, you know, I used the app pretty much for, for waterfowl hunting, trying to like gain permission just because in waterfowl hunting, you're changing your spot where you're hunting basically every day. Yeah. Uh, but as I started to use it more and more in the whitetail woods, the one thing I really like to do with it, which it does clutter up your map to an extent But if you start like, you know, marking all of your trail cameras, all of your tree stands, and then you just mark like, you know, for me, I'm pretty selective. I mark buck bedding. I mark good solid rubs and pretty much all scrapes. Um, And then I definitely get a little bit granular on my trail cameras. Like I'll upload photos of, uh, you know, of my bucks of interest to my individual waypoints on the trail camera that they're at. And you go yeah, on, awesome. uh, I like to use our web map. You can use the app too, but web map just gives you a bigger screen and it, it becomes pretty interesting how obvious 
your waypoints, just where they congregate, like it shows deer movement on your property. And, and yeah, you probably know that subliminally in your head, but looking at a map, something about a light bulb for me has just gone on a couple times where it's like, holy smokes, how have I never had a stand on that saddle? Or like, how have I never hunted that pinch point? And actually like the, the buck I killed in Wisconsin last year was a product of exactly that. I was just out uh, the first day I got back to Wisconsin, like just walking the ridges, checking for, for fresh scrapes. And this one ridge was just totally torn up. And I'd only been hunting this property for a couple of years, but I'd never spent any time in that particular area. And, and I mean, I just like pulled up my map and it was like, it was so obvious once I looked at it, that's like, oh my God, like three ridges funnel right down to this little point. So like, of course there's deer here. First yeah. sit there, <laughs> shot a mature buck. And it was like, okay. You just mm -hmm. got to, you know, take a step back, really analyze, you know, where this sign is and how deer use terrain. And, and it's definitely going to make you more successful. Yeah. So great application for, for deer hunting, but going back to being more efficient uh, for someone that does live in the South and who only gets to like, I get to go play in, in your woods basically for a week during elk season. Sure. And I don't have time to go stay. Oh, oh by the way, wife and three kids i'm gonna go scouting for a week before that or i'm gonna take a week in, in august and go scout no i don't mean i don't have that luxury i'm i'm gonna get a seven day hunt and like maybe if i'm lucky a, a day and a half or two days to travel so it makes things life so much easier for me to pull it up and say okay i know there should be elk bulls bedded down on this north facing slope in the dark timber midday and on public land, I don't care if I blow them out of their beds. I mean, that's like my flaw. I don't care. I'm chasing no. all day long. I've done yep. private land elk hunts. And at like 10 o'clock in the morning, like, oh, we're done until 4 o'clock. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's elk over there. I know there's elk in there. He's like, yeah, but we don't want to blow them out. I'm like, ah, that's so foreign to me. Um, yeah. Well, so, when you're public and you only got seven days, you don't, you don't really have time to be too patient, no. you know, maybe on day one or day two, if you like know these bulls are in the area and you know exactly, yeah, you might tiptoe in there or something, but I'm with you, man. Like if you only got seven days to kill them, you better be trying to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and that's why Onyx is so invaluable. It, it shows me all of those, those, um, places that I want to mark that I'm like, okay, here's, a, here's water here. And also where am I going to set up my camp? Well, it's got to be close to water. I don't want to be too far from where I think the elk are, but I don't want to be sleeping right in them. I'll ask you this. What do you think is better to, uh, to camp above them and then your thermals are going down or camp below them and then your thermals are going up? So we always I, struggle with this, but it always comes back to, we just be like, well, wherever the water is, that's just where we have to go. hundred percent. And usually that rules out camping high. Uh, yeah. At least in my experience, you know, sometimes you might find a bench, but so it sounds like if you're spike camping, I would prefer, to probably to camp below them purely for a water standpoint. So you sign up for the morning misery of hiking up. Yes. 100%. We sign up for the, cause we actually, this one, uh, in this one unit in New Mexico are, there's a lake at like 11,500 feet and that's where we set up. But that means at night when you were dog tired and I made the hook up to, and it's like two and a half miles and it's just like straight uphill and <laughs> it's the worst, but we do, yeah. but we've killed three, me and my buddy have killed three elk in there. Um, and so we, you know, we've got a good thing going, but it, it is. That's interesting. So how do you feel if you're spike camping back in there? Uh -huh. Cause this has always been my problem with spike camping. I love spike camping. Like I'd way rather do that than car camp, but I've become kind of more of a car camping elk hunter for this reason is in my experience, spike camping, like you have two or three days of like super solid hunting, 
But then after that, like elk just seemed to kind of, you know, you've been in the area, your mm-hmm. sense everywhere, camps there. It's just kind of blown out. And, you know, like when I've spiked camp, I'm five to seven miles back in there. So it's, you know, a lot of effort to get back yeah. in there, get out, change locations. So I'd be interesting to hear your take. I mean, have you experienced some of that as well? Um, I would say usually the first couple of days are, are better. Yeah. But I killed the last bull I killed there. Well, I'll show you this bull right here. I killed that one yeah. uh, on the seventh day of, uh, of our hunt. So... He was still hanging out, and and the two bulls that I've killed in that unit have both been at um between eleven and noon. So once again, going back yeah, in there, and, and I'm so, I mean totally. I'm not saying I'm an uh, an expert at elk hunting. I'm far from it. I get humbled every time I go, but that's what keeps bringing me back. But I have killed three bulls, and um, you know that's not a lot for some people. It's a lot to me. I've killed a lot of stuff. Those three mean more to me than anything else. You know, as far really? as trophies those, are concerned, those are your favorite. Your favorite hunts is is chasing those elk. Well, two with the bow, and then I shot one with a rifle. That one doesn't mean quite as much, but yeah, the 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 two with the uh, with the bow on public land with your buddy, you know, um, yeah, you can't beat that. And I've no. got a, t- a little dinky three by three mule deer that kind of falls into that same category on the last day of a whiteout and coming off the mountain dejected. But you know, it's funny a trophy's in the eye of a beholder. So. Oh, hundred percent. And I, well, that, that means you're doing it right. That the, you know, the real deal is the experience. And if you bring home a, a cooler full of meat and something for the wall, that's just a cherry on top. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, that's sweet that you're able to spike it that long and, and stay into elk because yeah, my experience in mostly Wyoming and Montana is just, man, I, when I've spiked it out, it's a couple days of really good hunting, but you better get it done on the front end. Um, but that's a whole nother reason for on X, right. Is to have, you know, your a spot, B spot and C spot. That's one of my favorite parts about using it before I'm going somewhere entirely new is destination trips are, you know, half anxiety and half excitement, right? Like oh, yeah. you have no idea what you're getting into. So it's just like, well, let's hope for the best. And you know, your expectations are usually too high and you get there and all of a sudden there's like four, four trucks at the trailhead that you intended to hunt out of. And you're like, Holy smokes. Like mm-hmm. now what? Well, if you spend any time on Onyx, hopefully you built a B plan, a C plan and a D plan, you know, saved the maps that you needed to get to B, C and D and, and still have, you know, a plausible day one hunt. Whereas, you know, with, without Onyx, when you're just showing up completely blind, I've done that pre Onyx days. And you spend a lot of time just like figuring out what the hell you're going to do before you even set boots on the ground. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, one example of, of, you know, being committed to a certain area, like overcommitted my, yes. my buddy that I go with in New Mexico. Um, what we basically just say wherever, Wherever we have a tag, that's where we're going this year, whether it's Montana, Colorado, New Mexico, whatever. Uh, him, and, him and his dad went to the, I think it's called the Womanichi Wilderness in Colorado. And uh, they, you don't know, but um, they, they packed in. His dad's in his 60s. So they were pot committed to that location. Yeah. Like they, then they weren't, they didn't have stuff to put on their back. I mean, they were, they had a, a wall tent there essentially. Well, they had a uh, a pine beetle kill all the trees, but you, that was the only. Th- I guess that's the only thing you couldn't see on on X, right? So they get there, and do they were there for a week and never even saw an elk. And they ran into other hunters that were like the same thing. But you know, 
those those beetles got in there and just decimated the habitat. So th- there are there are stories like that where it's like, man, being a little bit more mobile isn't uh, you know it's not such a bad thing for the for like you said you you like to go out of the truck car camp. And that's exactly why I've started doing that. Is like you know I had some awesome hunts packing in, but it, it just again, it takes up a lot of time on the front end and the back end of your trip. And if you got to get out of there to go like, Oh, this just ain't the spot and relocate. And I've just started to find, you know, plenty of elk within two miles of a road, you know, they're, they're there. I mean, they're, you just (laughs) got to find, you know, some, some gaps in pressure where some other people aren't and, you know, really, really focus on the things that you find work. I mean, you mentioned North slopes, I mean, benches, those natural steeps. um, and just like hell holes is like what I like to call them. If you find a true hell hole where it's like, you know, misery going in, you know, down and up, there's almost always elk down there because you, me, and nobody else wants to go hiking down in there to, to chase him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you kill it. And it's like, now what do we do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you kill it. And then you're like, well, I guess I'm in for a three day pack out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, and that's why it's uh, nice to, to have a, uh, a stable, or an outfitter on, you know, if you have a sat phone or whatever, or now with, um, uh, Garmin and reach, you can text them, but, totally. um, Hey, we got an elk down. Can you save us those three days? And they're like our experience. Hey, yeah. Uh, just mark it on a trail with on X, send it to us and we'll pick it up. Yeah. Okay, send, great. Send and we're going to go back to hunting. Uh, <laughs> you get to the top of the mountain. And honestly, that's a really good tidbit for people that are planning elk hunts is like, there are so many folks out there with horses and I'm not saying they're easy to find and that every outfitter is going to be hunky dory about you calling them to pack out an elk, but there are plenty of folks out there that, you know, that's how they make a lot of their living is, Mm -hmm. you know, DIY elk hunter calls them up and say, Hey, I need a, I need a pack out. So having something like that lined up before you even get into the woods is, is a wise thing to do if you're not up for a three day pack out. Well, I used to fancy myself a three day pack out type of guy. And then, uh, Found those horses. It was like, work smarter, not harder as you age, you moron. Uh, you work to make money, and uh, you only get one back. Why break it? That's kind of my philosophy. But, yeah, if the situation calls for a pack out out of Hell's Canyon just to get the elk to a place where a horse can come get it, we've had to do that, uh, then that can take a full day. So, you know, just got to just kind of got to take what the mountain gives you. And, and I'm never going to, I'll tell you, I'll never be one to pass up a shot just because I'm like, well, I don't want to pack the thing out of here. That is not in my DNA. And I don't want to hunt with anybody who wouldn't uh, have the same mindset as me. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, sorry for all of you lazy hunters out there. You're probably not listening to the show if you're a super lazy hunter. But anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll come back and get into some of the other functions and features that Onyx's technology offers you, the outdoor enthusiast. That segment. Brought to you by the Mossberg Patriot from 22250 to 375 Ruger and anything in between. You name the caliber, they're going to have it in the Mossberg Patriot. It's a hardworking, accurate rifle at a price that isn't going to break the bank. And get this, now every Mossberg Patriot, whether you get a synthetic stock, a camo composite stock, or a beautiful walnut wood stock, all of them come threaded from the factory. So you can put your suppressor on there and go to town. You can find the Patriot at Mossberg.com. We'll be right back with more from Jared Larson of OnX Maps on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Carved in stone, I am the warrior 
made it home Draped in the colors Brother, father, son Lies a ghost behind The trigger of a gun our night vision and thermal imaging technology has been helping me light up the night for over a decade. Uh, currently got two incredible units, the Helion 2.0 thermal monocular, like you can detect things out in a field over a thousand yards. It's insanity. Plus pairing that with a Thermion XP 50 thermal rifle scope. Dude, it's like poor pigs, to be honest with you. Coyotes as well. It's, uh, the technology alone has come so far in the last few years, and the price has gone down, so the working man can't afford it. The Thermion has internal recording. It has a diverse color palette. You want to do red hot, white hot, black hot, which is my favorite. You know, there's other ones as well. It's got too many to even count off the top of my head. It is the creme de la creme when it comes to thermal optics. It's the Thermion XP50. You can find it at PulsarNV.com. Spawn is right around the corner. Your reels have been re-spooled and the tackle box is ready to roll. But the question is, can your truck handle another season of pulling your boat in and out of the water every weekend? Call David Boone at Third Coast Diesels. He'll make sure your truck is not what sinks your next fishing trip. Offering a widespread array of diesel parts and services, call 214-326-1176 or visit thirdcoastdiesels.com today. On the big, big stages A fire burning in my soul I had those nights where my guitar was raging It's not something you control, little darling It's not something you control There's little Ray Wiley Hubbard, the beauty way, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you. Thank you so much for dropping by today as we are still visiting with Onyx Hunts, Jared Larson. But before we jump back into that conversation, this segment proudly brought to you by Stealth Cam and the Fusion X cell camera. I've got quite a few of them out at the deer lease. They keep me aware of the quality of bucks. Um, if I've got a pig problem in a specific feeder, yeah, they keep me in the loop on what's going on. Put them on game trails, Heck, if you trap coyotes, it's a great way to know, yep, I've got a coyote or a bobcat that I need to uh, go take care of. You can find the Fusion X and uh, Stealth Cam's entire lineup right there at StealthCam.com. All right, let's pick it back up with uh, Jared Larson, who was nice enough to stick around through the break. As far as, like, determining public versus private, you go up in the mountains, and it doesn't matter which western state you're in. There's barbed wire fences, you know, that have been put up historically for ranching. That doesn't mean that it's not public land. Um, how did you guys, I mean, other than just looking at dated maps, like how does, how did Onyx determine like where those boundary lines are modern day times? Like and that so, seems so like such a daunting task. You think about the entire West. Uh, yeah. So we actually are uh, to, one of the only, only mapping apps in the space that has a, a full-time dedicated GIS team. So we literally have a team of, I don't know, it's probably close to 35, 40 folks at this point 
that uh, data acquisition is, is what they specialize in. So we are literally at this point, we are able to update every single state at least once per year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have a team of folks that, you know, goes to you know, Custer County in Colorado and works with them at a county level to source their data, um, you know, the public and private land data that sits at the county seat of every county in the country. Um, and that's the data that we're inputting into our app. Uh, so, you know, we're, we do our best to go straight to the source and inherently, you know, sometimes the source is out of date too, or, you know, and they claim that like 15 feet, um, is the accuracy that they're giving us within the boundary line. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you're walking down a fence line and it shows that fence line, you know, you have 15 feet of public on the other side of that fence line, well, use the fence line, use some common sense, but there are thousands of fences out there that are 100% mean absolutely nothing. And yeah. as you said, like you'd come across one and, and if you didn't have on X, you'd be scratching your head like, Oh man, I guess this is where the road ends for me. But mm-hmm. you know, a simple 30 bucks a year can get you across a lot of fences and onto a lot of critters that you didn't know you could be on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, is, and that, is that it? That's all it costs these days. I mean, yeah. these chips, oh. when they came out that I showed you earlier, those were expensive. Yeah, those. For I mean, one state. The chips, the chips are still kind of expensive, just because there's so much more work to uh, to keep that process in place, and um, you know, there's actual hardware, and we're in inputting code onto those chips, whereas an app is just so much less overhead. Um, but yeah, for a single state, the app is just thirty bucks a year. Um, if you wanted all fifty states, uh, then it's a hundred bucks a year, as well as you get. Uh, our elite member benefits. So free access to hunt and fool and top rut, which gives you everything you need to know about uh, Western applications and hunts. And then also discounts from uh, a lot of industry, you know, brands, some of your top partners like First Light and Vortex give uh, our elite members uh, discounts. So uh, definitely some cool program there that that we're working to keep on continually building and, and adding value for our elite customers. And then, as you said, if you're still feeling archaic and you like to run a GPS out in the woods, yeah, those, those GPS chips are 120 bucks, but they come with the membership as well. So um, yeah. def- definitely <laughs> one of the cheaper things in my hunting toolbox that I use on every single hunt. Well, and that kind of brings up the question of, um, you know, if you're going to be out of cell service, then a lot of times people still are taking like the, the inReach, you know? Yep. Um, maybe at that point, you, it's better to have the chip. My only well, concern, like with my real concern with the like a seven day or even longer, like you were in Alaska longer than that, yep. um, is keeping your phone charged for that long. Oh, and there's yeah. solar or there's external battery packs and everything. But even then, you know, it's that's my only that's why I'm still like, oh, maybe I'll just put the Garmin in there. But the Garmin weighs, you know, 12 ounces. I really want that. I don't know. hundred percent. So there's there's a couple things that you can definitely do. Um to, to make that a little bit better. So the one thing that I do, uh, a always put your phone in airplane mode, obviously mm-hmm. save your maps for offline use. There's not going to be any concern of the app not being functional when offline. Um, but I was just in Alaska. We were out in the bush for 11 days. Um, and I mean, I had my, my inReach mini, um, but doesn't do any mapping. Uh, and I just had, it's the Energizer brand is the one I bought, but like a 20,000 megahertz charger. And yeah, it weighed like 14 ounces or something like that. But for 11 days, I mean, it. I, I probably charged my phone on it five times, charged my Sony a7 on it a couple times. Like it, that thing rocked. Uh, so, so let me ask you this. 
if you were to lose your phone, do you have a hard copy of a map with you so all the time? Well, someone, I, you got to have a, you got to be pre- prepared. Like Onyx is such a luxury, but at the end of the day, hey, I just dropped my phone off of a mountain. Yeah, it's gone. Hundred percent. So I had a uh, a rugged map. If you're familiar with those, they're they're mm. pretty badass. Uh, you know the fact that they're like totally waterproof and in a pinch could be a tarp. Um, mm. I did have that as a backup, but I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm kind of I, I run the risk of that exact scenario a lot of times when I'm hunting Montana because I don't have printed maps in all the areas that I'm hunting Montana and. Yeah. I don't carry a GPS. I always have my inReach mini, but again, like it doesn't do anything for mapping. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that is, that is a fair point as yeah. Having a backup, which hopefully you have a buddy you're with and he, he doesn't lose his phone as well. Um, the first, uh, backcountry hunt I ever did other than grouse and like fly fishing. My first elk tag, I went, I had a buddy that was supposed to go with me and I think his father-in-law got sick. I don't remember. But uh, he backed out hey, at the, the last first minute. one. You were solo. Yeah, yeah. Seven days in there, and uh, and I had a satellite phone. I called my wife every day to let her know I was still alive. But she, she it was very nerve wracking for her, and uh, and for me personally, like on the seventh day, I was ready to get out of there. Oh, and I had yeah. I had shot and missed at an elk, and I mean I was in elk, and it was it was so awesome uh, to just be a novice and to hey i just called an elk in i don't even know what i'm doing and then i missed him of course but um you know it was uh but to to be in there seven days and not see another person uh i was ready to talk to somebody not gonna lie i don't see how hermits do it man (laughs) dude it's the people that can hunt solo for honestly anything longer than three days have my utmost respect because like i i definitely hunt solo elk a a fair amount but Mm -hmm. I, I would not enjoy a seven day solo backcountry elk hunt flat out. I'll be the first to admit that like three yeah. days out there. Yeah. I'm hunky dory, but four or five, once it starts to get to the point where it's like a grind, especially if you're not in elk as a tough, tough sledding as, as a solo. So the people that go out there and do it solo more power to you, you guys are badasses. They really are. They are. I, I learned on that first experience that that wasn't my, for that extended period of time, not, not my favorite. And it's like, it's cool. It's like an ego trip, right? To come out of some oh, solo yeah. trip where you shot something. Like I shot a bear one time solo and like, you know, skinned it out in the dark and packed it out by myself. And, you know, yeah, again, there's like an ego trip to it, but I'd way rather experience success with somebody, you or know, misery like, is better shared exactly. in company too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's half a hunting for me is, is sharing the experience with, uh, with folks I like. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll, I'll say this last year I did spend like four days, um, by myself, but I was, but I had my dog and we were grouse hunting okay. and that was, that was even like, you know, that was better than nothing. Not uh, having a dog. Yeah. 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 Somebody to talk to or like, you know, uh, so, um, let's see what else I wanted to, uh, to mention here. Um, oh yeah, we, we've got a discount code too. I think it's 20% off. Um, yep. You have to order it on the website. I think it's Lone Star 20 for anybody that wants to take advantage of that. It is. It is. Onyxmaps.com. Lone Star 20 will save you 20% off. Um, so, yeah, definitely go take advantage of that and uh, and get yourself some Onyx for this fall. There's no shortage of ways to put it to use no matter what you hunt. I saw somebody commented on a post I made this week that he wishes that Onyx um, was available in Canada. So do you guys have any... 
plans to expand? Those Canadians have just been tearing us apart on, uh, <laughs> on on reviews, man. Like they're they're just angry with us that we don't have the app. So like they they sometimes leave one star reviews just like you don't have an app for me. Uh, <laughs> and so we've actually been we've been looking hard into Canada for about a year now, uh-huh. uh, and uh, it sounds like we're going to get there at some point. Um, but at, at the moment, acquiring international data is uh is quite complex as it turns out mm. uh something we're definitely hoping to bring to to future canadian customers but i don't even have a good timeline for you but it is something yeah. we are actively looking into well that's good to hear uh, i'm currently on the naughty list for canada anyway can't get in unless you're vaccinated so i'm uh, missing out on bear hunts and fun stuff like that but maybe someday who knows we're gonna take a quick break come back talk a little original taxidermy i see something here on your wall Uh, that I want to discuss, among other things. We'll put a nice little bow on this conversation. And that segment was brought to you by the Pulsar Thermion 2.0, rugged and reliable. It's a 30-millimeter tube. It's got the most diverse color palette of any thermal out there. It's got internal recording. You literally just plug it into your computer, and boom, there's your footage. Or you can Bluetooth it to your cell phone. Even easier. Your footage is right there. So uh, anyway, check it out. It's the Thermion. 2.0. 2.0. You can find it at PulsarNV.com. We'll be right back with more from Onyx's Jared Larson on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. See the big man cry, mama. He looks like his heart will break. Did you know Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping people finance their own slice of paradise for over 100 years? Whether you're looking for a place to go hunting, fishing, Maybe you fancy yourself as a rancher and you want to run cattle. They've got you covered there as well. Or, hey, the world's getting crazier by the minute. Maybe you just want to get the hell out of the big city, whether that's on the weekends or for good. Lone Star Ag Credit has you covered. Like I said, they've been at it for over 100 years. They can make that dream a reality when it comes to you acquiring that rural property that you've always wanted. You can find them at LoneStarAgCredit.com. Hey, hey, everybody. Cable here for Go Wild. You know, I've been discussing gear and hunting tips with other great folks on Go Wild, a free social media community for hunters. Go Wild is also a fun place to just visit, get to know other people, maybe even make a, you know, a hunting buddy or two out of the deal. So join me and hundreds of thousands of other hunters on Go Wild. Download today. It's free, by the way. Just go to download Go Wild. Com. It's a place where uh, you're not going to get censored, right? Hate that stuff. But uh, no Zuckerbergs on Go Wild. So head over to downloadgowild.com. Look me up once you're there. Gaia del Cielo was a warrior born in heaven, so the legends say. His wings, they had been broken. He had one eye rolling crazy in his head. It fought a hundred fights. And the legends say that one night near El Suego They fought Cielo seven times Seven times he left Brave Richter's dead Gallo del Cielo bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show Presented by Mossberg Firearms Cable Smith here with you as always Thanks for making time for us this week As we're still visiting with Onyx Hunt's Jared Larson And I want to hear about a uh, little... Original taxidermy he's got displayed there 
in his home office. But before we get into that, this segment of the show brought to you by John X Safaris. I've been five times now to South Africa's beautiful Eastern Cape with John X. Next summer, we'll make six. The date is already booked, July 25th, I think, through like August 2nd or 3rd. If you want to be a part of that trip, and I always say it's a once-in-a-lifetime trip, but then I keep going back every year. So why is that? Well, it's awesome. It is a once-in-a-lifetime experience, but the fact that it's more affordable than people realize means that, uh, yeah, it's something I want to keep doing over and over again. You should join me if you're interested. Just shoot me an email, lonestaroutdoorsshow at gmail.com, and uh, I'll send you over all the necessary information. With that being said, Jared, appreciate you sticking around. Tell me about this piece of turkey taxidermy that I'm looking at on your wall. Beards hanging everywhere. It looks like you've got some spurs on there. Uh, looks like you made it yourself, which I like. So what is, what is, what exactly is that thing? Well, I need to do a little bit better on uh, on on my webcam room, but yeah, my one of my I don't know whether it was my uncle or my dad, but basically we had this old at the Iowa farm that old homestead house. Uh, it got tore down a few years back, so we all just like took boards off of it and started making these beard boards. Because like I don't know, I'm sure you have some turkey fans in your house, and they're oh, fine. Yeah. They get like dusty, and in my opinion, they kind of look worse for the wear after a few years, and they just take up a lot of space. And so, yeah, I just like we use, uh, you know, like some little leather pieces and, uh, you know, poke out the the spurs and I'd use the, uh, wow, the metal part of the gun shell. Wow. What is that even called? That's embarrassing. Yeah, I don't. Well, that makes two of us. So whatever. <laughs> but glue the beard in there and write a little note on it. And it's just like my uh, my little turkey board that, you know, has all the historic turkeys that I've shot. So, you know, that's really cool. A turkey is kind of a turkey. It's hard to distinguish one from the next. So a little note to jog the memory. And um, yeah, yeah, it's honestly my favorite piece of taxidermy. I mean, I got quite a few deer in the other room and stuff, but I love this turkey beard board. I've got one similar deal. Um, I used to lease this place in Oklahoma and there was an old dilapidated barn just like in the middle of the woods. And uh, I reclaimed some of the wood and shot my biggest buck on that place. And okay. I mounted him on the the wood, so nice. kind of the same deal. I, uh, I love those little personal touches that you can work into taxidermy. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Texas deer hunting, so we're working on. Uh, well, I'm I'll tease it right now, but basically we've worked with a bunch of uh, state agencies to compile this this southern rut map, like basically a heat map of the southern rut, just because it is so wacky. You know, some places it is. like. Where I, I hunt is even fathom, but yeah, talk a little bit about where, it. From me. where I hunt in North Texas, the rut is like I would say November fifteenth through Thanksgiving. The last two okay. weeks of November, yeah, reasonably normal rut. Yeah, and then you go six miles south where my buddy's has a family place, and they're like celebrating Christmas in the middle of the rut. You, you know, said six six miles. No, no, six hours. Six hours. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. South thinking, Texas. Whoa, that is insane. No, 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 no. South Texas. So like the brush country where the big bucks live down there in the Mesquite yeah, yeah, Flats. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but it's totally different. It, it's totally different rut. Uh, they respond better to rattling. Uh, and then we have the hill country, which is like totally different deer. Is They're so small, like body size. You can get a big really? rack in the hill country, but you're talking about 120, 130 pound buck. 
compared to oh yeah tiny yeah like sometimes the racks are deceptive you're like what and then it looks like a giant buck but it's not just the the body is so small uh, yeah that would be a trip i need i need to get down to texas and hunt some deer Uh, but i'd be interested to see that rut map and then west texas like out uh towards el paso is i think the rut is probably similar to north texas and the hill country but um totally different terrain and yeah we're, we're pretty stoked on it we're hoping to release it uh september 1st is what we're shooting for you know we'll kind of soft launch it and then we'll really talk about it in october because it's super cool data i mean you have mm-hmm. you know you have florida who has ruts in the middle of july and then you know places in mississippi where it literally looks you know like it's oh maybe that's 20 miles down the road and their ruts differ by a month mm-hmm. um it's pretty crazy. I and mean, the data that, uh, and the NDA, the national deer Alliance helped us put together, um, some of the data as well. So we're, we're pretty excited to, to get it out there. It'll be out soon. So hopefully some of those Texas folks can, uh, hone in on the rut a little bit better and hopefully stick a big old rut and buck this fall. Yeah. So what is when is the peak of the rut for you? So Montana is definitely later than, uh, than my experience back home in Wisconsin and Iowa, Montana. If I had to choose a seven day period, I would choose like maybe November 12th, 13th through the 20th, 21st. Um, so pretty much the same as here. Yeah, I would say. And then, uh, but like Wisconsin, a lot of places in Wisconsin, I, I mean, I would, I would argue like Halloween weekends through November 5th. It, it would be the days that I'd pick to be in a tree there. And then my favorite day of hunting in, in Iowa is November 10th. I would pick the 7th through the 14th. Those would be the days for sure. Um, but it's just always interesting to hear, right? Because like even from property to property, people claim like, oh, man, like the, for whatever reason, my family group of does that I have betting on my 40 acres, like the third week in October, I get mature bucks I've never seen before check in. And then, you know, you go down the road and it's like, oh man, a lot of times I seem to peak in, you know, the week of Thanksgiving is when I had the most bucks running around. It, it, it's always just so interesting because, you know, they claim that it's a pretty exact science X amount of days, you know, pre fawn dropping on the grounds. And I think they claim that uh, like November 7th is the day that, you know, like the centric day across the country that the most does are in estrus. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always interesting to hear because everybody has, has such anecdotal experience with the rut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, and where can folks like find that? Just, uh, will that be, can you layer that? Will that be a layer that you can add? Like here's yep. the rut map. hundred percent. It'll be available to all, all paying customers. Uh, it'll just be in your, in your hunt layers tab. So if you go to the layer library, um, talk about some of those other layers too, real quick. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a ton of different layers specifically made for, for hunters by hunters. Um, a couple of them, namely like that Southern rut layer is going to be pretty sweet coming out soon. Um, historic wildfires, if they're prepping to, uh, to head North out of Texas and chase elk. I mean, as you know, a lot of these areas, two, three, four, five years after they've burned, you know, all Mm, that canopy is destroyed sunlight hits the ground and new growth and that's where critters are out feeding and you know you find a a north facing slope that has timber with an edge of a couple year old burn more than likely there's going to be elk use in that area um equally as important especially this year uh active wildfires i've certainly had hunt areas uh literally i think it was maybe my second elk hunt the area that we were going to head to in montana was just 
uh, like the fire started maybe a couple, couple weeks before season and we were waiting it out and like totally changed the layout of our hunt. So like, make sure you check out the active wildfire layer from Onyx. We update that every single day. Um, just safety reasons and planning reasons. Uh, one that cable probably uses is, uh, the old roadless area. So if you're looking to spike camp it and you're looking to get away from roads, basically a heat map of the entire country furthest areas that you can get from roads. So if you're in it for a backpack, that's a good one. Um, yeah. and then under the trails and rec layers, like, like trails, I use trails to say, all right, I'm not going there. Cause I do not want to hunt off of a legitimate trailhead. Yeah. Um, so you know, either use the trailhead or, or maybe don't. Uh, but then beyond that, the biggest layers to use is public and private, obviously, but then walk-in hunting layers. So I know Texas is just kind of on the fringe of starting a program. We've actually been working with, with Texas wildlife to, uh, to kind of bolster some of the private lands open up for public access in Texas. Um, but there's a lot of states like Montana's block management program. Um, Kansas has like the walk-in program, uh, but there's a ton of states with these individual landowners are just, you know, for tax breaks, sometimes they get monetary gain. A lot of times it's just voluntarily opened up, um, but private lands for public access. Usually they take like a little bit of extra step or two for you to allow to hunt it. Like you might have to sign in at a box or call right. and get permission, but it's, it's guaranteed. Um, but a lot of folks just don't do it because they can't just, get out of their truck and go. Um, so like walk-in hunting layers are definitely something that I would check each individual state to see if they have that and hit those overlooked spots. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, Hey, uh, Jared, I certainly appreciate the conversation. I, uh, I gotta get Alaska. I gotta get that one checked off the list. Although my, I don't have family there, so I don't well, know. Maybe you go salmon fishing or something. Family only, <laughs> family only matters for sheep, goat, and brown bears, man. Yeah. So you get a black bear uh, tag. I mean, uh, I don't know. A DIY moose hunt is probably the next yeah. one on our list to go up there and do. Which anybody I think you can, can do, do that. I talked to a guy. Uh, he did it for about forty five hundred bucks and shot a, a giant bull. Heck yeah! I mean, yeah, yeah. moose, caribou, black bear, Sitka blacktail. You don't need a guide or relatives in Alaska to do any of that. So. Um, We'll, we'll have to scheme up an Alaska hunt and, uh, yeah. and maybe see what happens. Maybe hop in a raft together and float down a river and shoot a giant bull. That sounds like a plan to me, man. Yeah. I appreciate the time. I hope you have a great season, Jared. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on cable. So there he goes. Onyx hunts Jared Larson. Man, if he's really serious about that moose hunt, I am in. I always wanted to uh, go to Alaska and moose, caribou, black bear, all affordable it's the logistics the travel that really gets you from a uh price standpoint and it prices a lot of people out to be frank but the last great frontier is calling me and i'm sure it's calling a lot of you guys as well uh that segment was brought to you by rustic reminders taxidermy whether it's an alaskan moose a south texas whitetail or an entire african safari they've got you covered they do amazing work with quick turnaround time and they answer the phone when you call imagine that you can find them at gr the number eight mounts.com unfortunately we are flat out of time gotta go gotta get out of here thanks to jared as well as all of our sponsors for making this show possible we couldn't do it without their support thanks to you the listener for being a part of sci's lone star outdoor show until next time i'm cable smith saying y'all have a great week in the outdoors 
won't you call me? Well, I'm a sucker for some high money.